podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Charlie Parsons for Boxing Social in association with William Hill and Empire Fight Store. Frank, you're sipping on that coffee there. An expensive coffee because you ended up with a parking ticket as well. It's the most expensive Americano I've ever got in my life, mate. But it's got me ready for this, Parsons. I've got my notes ready, just like all the other promoters you talk to. I've got the notes ready of what I've got to say to you, pre-prepared with everything. So I'm ready to go, Charles. Let's uh, let's go straight into it. 15 years at Matrim. Uh, as I was just saying to you off camera, I was uh, five. Bit surreal. Yeah, I mean, I never thought, obviously, when you're 15 years old or 16, well, I would have been 16, wouldn't I? 16 years old. I never thought I'd be here 15 years later. But it's been a journey that's uh, been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of hard work, but, you know, I couldn't. I wouldn't want to change it. And I don't see myself going anywhere else for the next 15 years, apart from if I retire on a beach somewhere, which is the hope. So I'm not in this mad sport until I'm 70, losing my head. I think it's important to note, though, um, coming in as a tea boy um, and to, to work yourself up, quite quite commendable, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. But also, probably going to add a few greys onto your hair. No, look, I'm 31. Look at it. There's not, there's not one showing. I'm actually quite impressed by it. You don't not... get stressed enough. No, I never get stressed. What will be, will be. As long as you work your hardest, nothing to get stressed about, Parsons. I like that. Um, I'm going to have to tell you that the run that we did was a no contest. Why? A bit of investigation. Those running trainers that you bought are banned. Uh, in, in from the Olympics, not from uh, from marathons and stuff like that. So no, but we were running a competitive five k, and you were wearing illegal footwear. Doesn't matter what shoes I was running in. You were blowing after a kilometer. Yeah, but I was also violently with your little these arms like this. I oh, know. By the way, yesterday we had better arm motion. Emily has, has taught me not to do that with my arms ever again. Um. I've got to be honest, I think you're trying to find excuses here. And uh, I, I look, we'll do it again. You wear the same shoes. I'll buy you those shoes. If if you beat me in those shoes, I'll pay for the shoes. Okay. You go and I've actually them. been to, I met my mate this morning for a coffee. And the first thing I said to him was, I'm actually seriously considering buying these trainers. But £300, I could buy a nice pair. No, they're not £300. They are, Frank. They're not. They are. They're 224 or something. No, they're not. They're more than that. Anyway. Well, look, it passes. You go and get them. If you can beat me in the same shoes as me, then I will pay the shoes for you. I, I just. I just don't think you've got the competitive edge. Yeah, no, you just go a little bit too sicko mode for me on those runs. Like yesterday, the run I did, I had to channel every single. I'm not. I, I've told every. I'm never running like that again. I'll go back to my twenty sixes tomorrow. I'm not doing a twenty three minute again. What did you do it? Twenty three. Twenty three. What? Um. I don't believe it. I think your system messed up. Honestly, you're on that... No, I promise you, I've never done a run like it in my life. Mate, yeah, but you're on that Strava thing. It doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, but, but this is a proper 5K route because my mate, who has the Nike running, is still 5K on his. All right, mate. Anyway, next... Jealousy's uh... got a good thing, Frank. I know I've just smashed your personal best. All right, mate. All right, <laughs> um, Eubank Smith this weekend. Excited. I know it's a bit of a family affair for you as well. 
Yeah, look, it's a decent fight. You know, we saw the first fight. I, I'll be honest, I never thought Liam, I thought it was a, always a competitive fight. I never saw Liam stopping Chris like that. I don't think a lot of people in reality did. I'm sure people will come out after the fight and say, no, I knew he could do it. But, you know, Chris had never really been hurt in his career and like that. Um, and look, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be an entertaining fight again, I'm sure. You know, they both are just seen the way and they both look in great condition, train very hard. Um, it's going to be an interesting, now look, it's an interesting fight for their futures as well, both those guys. Um, you know, I think if Liam was to lose, I don't see him wanting to carry on, is the, is the truth. And if Chris was to lose, you know, I, I think, I don't know whether he'd have the drive there or the hunger. Now, I still think in reality, the Conor Ben fight is still a big fight for Chris Eubank. Um, win, lose or draw on Saturday night. But yeah, it's an exciting fight and uh, some big fights to come off the back of that. With Liam, he's a promotional free agent after this. Um, Eddie said to me earlier in the week that we think that if we were to speak to Liam after, his preference would be matching. We know that the working relationship has always been brilliant with the Smith family as a whole. Uh, would he be someone that you'd try and get yourself on board with? There's a, a lot of sort of weaker titles at middleweight compared to previous years. Yeah, look, we've had a great relationship with Liam for a long time. You know, work with him for a number of fights and speak to his management, his manager uh, most days. Um, and, you know, Liam never, the reality is, and this isn't me being big, Liam didn't want to leave us. It was just that he got offered an opportunity that he couldn't turn down. And at the time, we couldn't deliver. Um, and I'm sure he'd love to come back and work with us again, subject to him getting the best possible deal. You know, at the stage of his career he's in now, he wants the biggest nights and the biggest fights um, because, you know, if he wins, he's got probably two, I guess, a couple more fights left, I, I'd think, you know, bearing in mind what he's already done in the sport. And then, you know, for Chris as well, he's obviously working with Wasserman. We have probably the closest relationship with Wasserman. Um, and, you know, I've been talking to him a, a lot in the past and about potential opportunities. So, you know, look, for both guys, there's big fights there. There's big fights to be made with the likes of Kelbrook, you know, Connor Ben as well. You know, there's a there's a great there's some great opportunities there of you know fights between all of those win, lose, or draw. So it'll be interesting. What did you make of the fact that there was no Vada testing for this fight? Yeah, look, I'm not surprised. All these people are so quick to jump out and critique us on everything, you know, because they have to, because they have to talk about what we're doing to make themselves relevant, is the reality. Um, and this is nothing on the fighters themselves. You know, Chris and Liam have been professionals and have always been tested all the way you know, through their careers. So it's nothing about the fighters themselves. I'm sure if you ask both the fighters, they would want the most stringent possible testing regime there is. All it comes down to is the promoter, which in this case is boxer, don't want to pay the money. That's all it is, you know. And you can come out and shout about we want to do what's good for the sport, central testing, blah, blah, blah. But you don't. You don't want to spend the money. You you want to critique everyone else. We're, we're investing so much money into testing fighters. And we've learned from things in the past as well, which is good. People should learn. People should move on. But like I say, they're, they're so quick, these people, to critique us and what we do. And then you ask them yesterday and you go, oh, testing's confidential. That's not. What a load of bollocks. Vada testing's not confidential. And then you say, oh, shouldn't be doing testing in fight week. Chris got tested two days ago. It's great. Everyone should, people should get tested in fight week. You know, I'm not saying you get the results back, but surely it's better we know if someone tests positive the Thursday or Friday before the show. 
Otherwise, what's the point in testing people on the Saturday after the show? Like, it's the same point, isn't it? You know, and if if these tests, whether they be a month out, two months out, a day out, find people who test positive, that's that's good. It means it's working. Um, you know, I, I agree there needs to be a central body or, or there needs to be more work done to bring things together. But, you know, you can sit there and talk about us and say we don't, you know, come at Matron, but you're not willing to invest. You're not willing to invest in the safety. You know, UCAD is, is pub, quite public out there. UCAD are restricted on their funds across so many different sports yeah, they're yeah. involved in. They're restricted on the number of tests they can do. That's why VARD is important or, or other testing agencies to put an additional layer of testing in to ensure that fighters are tested. Um, and for a pay-per-view fight of this magnitude, you know, yesterday you asked, or someone asked him the question about it. I don't know who it was, whether it was IFL or Boxing Social. And he said, testing's confidential, and then ended it by saying what a massive fight it was. What's, what the fuck's the size of the fight got to do with it? Not like, you know, stop. He can't answer a question. He's all over the place. Um, anyway, I suppose I was, my next question, to be honest, was actually uh, one I posed to Eddie. And he said, look, I'm just going to let Frank deal with all this now. And it was Ben Shalom stating that Eddie knew where the emails came from. Members of the boxer team didn't think that Opatai was serious and he can chase further and greater opportunities for more money elsewhere. Look, another embarrassing, you know, show of being out of your depth. Do you think I would go and offer a fight? Like, we're a team here, right? How embarrassing is it that you say, oh, my team did that, I didn't know? You were copied in the email. Of course you knew. You're just trying to save face. You know, it's another embarrassing moment for you. Just stand up and go, we were trying to be sneaky. And we didn't actually have anything else for Richard Riacol. Bit embarrassing. So we sent him an offer and said, don't tell Matrim. And to turn around and go, it wasn't me. We're a big company now. Do me a favour. About eight of you. <laughs> but I am... See... People, I'm, people say I'm about the beef, right? I'm not. I'm just not going to sit there and hear bollocks when people talk shit about us and sit back and go, all good, all good, lads. I don't care about anyone else. I'm quite content. We, we like, I, I focus on our own, on what we do. But I'm not going to just sit here and go, okay, 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 because these stupid comments need to be called out. And... People are out of their depth. And yes, Ben Shalom is out of his depth. Like, that's not me fixated on Ben Shalom. That's, I've just, I hear, I see these clips and all these messages and it's just like, stop talking rubbish. Just, when he says that he wants to uh, improve, like, promotional working relationships, not show clashing, um, stuff like that, working together, do you believe it? No. I mean, how many people has he pulled out of purse bids now? Like, it, it's not, it's, it, you don't have to be, like, it's so clear to see. Again, he has a job to do, right? Which is build his business and deliver for his business, which I'm not questioning, I'm not saying. But don't come out publicly and completely contradict everything. You know, you're con contradicting yourself on every level. So, again, good luck. I'm not trying to, we're not trying to cause problems with your business. Get on with your business. Good luck. We're com competitors. 
if things can work out and we can do things, great. But it's not us causing problems. We haven't pulled anyone out of the purse bid. Dalton Smith boxed on their card, didn't he? We lost the purse bid. I went went to their show. Um, Alicia Baumgartner boxed on their their undercard. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, I went, I was there. We're not we're not difficult. You know, we will always be there to do the best for our fighters. But again, I'm not just gonna sit back and hear all this rubbish and go, sweet. Because people believe him. But he's a he's a liar. He lies. Right. Enough of that. Usik Dubois, low blow gate. High or low? Well, legal or low. Dubois frying nearly as many low blows as the old the old dinosaur, Warren, isn't it? Like with me. He's, his head's gone as well. You had a lot of T-boy jibes. Mate, I know, but like, how embarrassing, mate. Firstly, before we get onto the low blow, how embarrassing is that bloke? 70-odd years old. If I'm in boxing at 70 years old, Parsons, please come and remove me. Like, physically remove me from the sport somehow at 70 years old. Let your sons run it. Give them a chance. Stay out of it. So him and his little him and his little minder and the alien, like, hello boss, you want tea, do you I mean, it's hilarious. Your head's gone. You're talking about me. I'm 30 years old. I'm 31 years old. I'm a fat kid from Romford. Like, mate, you've done amazing things for the sport, but you haven't done anything near what I've done in the last 10 years in boxing. That's the reality. And that's why he's jealous. But move on and give your kids a chance to succeed. It's not about you anymore. Um, anyway, low blow. I, I respect a lot of people in boxing who have an opinion on it and will say it's a low blow. At the end of the day, the ref called it a low blow. That's, in my yeah. mind, you know, when it comes down to it, he decided it's a low blow, right? So it doesn't matter what you think, I think, what someone on Twitter thinks. There's a number of different opinions. Certain people saying it was, certain people saying it wasn't, certain people showing pictures of this end, that end. I'm not an expert. I'm not sitting here saying, you know, like, it was or wasn't, because again, it's not my job, I'm not a referee. But one thing I do think is if Usyk, if Usyk would have been counted, he would have got up. Just the, the way he is, you know, like he would have got up. I know he, he he's in he's experienced. He played the game. He knows, unlike Frank Warren, the rules are if it's defined a blow blow, you get up to five minutes. He was just using that time. He's experienced. That's what like. And people can have their view on it. He he knows the sport. So he did what he's allowed to do. So, yeah, the ref called it a low blow. It's a low blow. And even if he would have been counted, I believe he would have got up. Is Fury more inclined to take that fight now? I don't know. Like, I, I hope the fight happens in some time. But first things first, Usyk's got a mandatory against Philip Hergovich, which is due next. So, you know, and... Uh, Fury's got his fight against Ngannou in two months so you know he's got to get that out of the way and then we go from there but our focus is uh, obviously to make Usyk Hergovic I'll rattle some off I know you've got some uh, another interview after this one I believe with Puggy Boy uh, Joshua Wilder in Saudi Arabia that's still still realistic you still got the same good intent from Skills Challenge discussion is still ongoing about that fight you know we want to make that fight um, but still work to be done you know it's not it's not done yet but that's still our intent is to try and make that fight. But let's see how things play out. As Eddie said before, it's just going to come down to the deal being right to do the fight there. Um, but everyone's intent is to make it happen. 
Uh, Connor Ben, his return, um, is it September 23? Is that the sort of uh, front runner at the minute? No, look, we're still looking at options at the minute. You know, we've been quite open around our approach to the board as a foreign foreign boxer application, bearing in mind he's got no active suspension, you know, from from anyone in the sport. Um, so we'll see. There's still a few bits ongoing. Hopefully have some news in the in the coming days there. Sorry, my mum's just come in and bought me my uh, charger mid-interview. Oh, thanks, mum. Thanks, hey, mum, Frank said. Thanks, mum. Big up, mum. Oh, now the dog's in the room as well. We uh, just may as well get the laptop charging while we're going. Bear with. What woman? What woman? I'm going to ask you while I plug my laptop in. UK headliners past October the 21st. Mm, what, in terms of shows? Yes, 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 yes. All right, okay, okay. We're announcing Monaco next week, which is obviously not in the UK. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not being stupid. Um, but has a UK-focused headliner. Working on a show. Joe Cordina. Or possibly could be. I mean, you may have seen some rumours. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's that's going to be announced next week. November 11th, we're just working through our Newcastle card, was originally obviously supposed to be Ritson against Cyrus Patterson, but we're just changing things, some things around there, working through some detail on that front. McCormack. So, sorry? McCormack. McCormack, yeah. McCormack will be on there as well. No, 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 no. I don't think you see McCormack Ritson. But but we we're just looking at op- op- options now, how we can what we can make work. Obviously, November twenty fifth is in Dublin, Casey Taylor. Um well Chantel Cameron uh defends her belts against Casey Taylor. Obviously Chantel went out there, tremendous fight the first time around, both showed so much heart and actually one of the best atmospheres in shows I think I've ever been at. So I can't wait for that again. Um you know those left in the dark at the minute. Sorry? She feeling a little bit left in the dark at the minute. I know that there's sort of some comments saying that it's all, all everything's been on Katie Taylor's terms for the rematch. No, no look, the rematch is that was always set in terms of um the weight is very standard in boxing that the rematch would be on the same weight terms. In terms of location, it's what makes the most financial sense for both of them, you know, for Chantel as well. Um look, Katie Taylor's obviously built a huge you know, huge following. Um, and I think one thing to point out, you know, look, if Chantel goes and does again what she did before, then we definitely look at doing something in Northampton as she builds, you know, builds her profile as well. But, you know, you can't take away from what Casey Taylor's built. And if that benefits both fighters in, you know, financially being very well incentivized, then we have to do the best for both fighters. And I think Chantel understands that as well. Um, you know, I think, I think she's looking forward to, um getting back in the ring again you know she's been on an unbelievable run when you think about it you know from winning the world title behind closed doors then unifying then going to vegas you know she's she's done unbelievable then defending or becoming undisputed in abu dhabi as well she's had an unbelievable run um and she can't wait to get back in the ring and look i'm, I'm excited for that fight are you off to cancun with hernandez and oshaki foster Possibly, possibly. You fancy a bit of Cancun, do you, Charlie? I fancy a bit of Cancun in my life, I can't lie. We'll so to... do I, I've never been. I've never, I've been, never so. been. Can we say something now to make sure that Boxing Social send me to Cancun? Parsons, if you come to Cancun with me, I'll give you some Wonder Bar uh, lines that will get you at least 300 views on YouTube. 
Brilliant. That sold it very well. Um, I'm actually looking forward to Orlando. That is a nice looking resort that you guys have picked. Do we go to Walt Disney? Uh, are we going to have time? We'll find time. Maybe on the Sunday. Let's go Walt Disney. Okay. Yeah. I get you. We get a little. Are you tall enough for the rides? That's really, really mature and funny and original. <laughs> Thanks for that, Frank. Um. So yeah. I've got to ask you on that, Hernandez Foster in the pipeline. Yeah, of course. Look, we won the first bid for it. We're just finalising the details now. Um, hope to have that announced early part of next week. We've got a, a huge run until the end of the year. I think there's a few shows still to be uh, announced, but I think we're doing something like 13 shows in 14 weeks is, is, is the plan. Um, maybe even 14 in 15 weeks. So it's going to be a busy run um, and a, a good end to the year and then already working on what's next in you know the first part of 2024. We've got sort of the big bunch of UK headliners sort of mapped out already up until October the 21st. Are you able to sort of split it down? We know that you've got Mexico coming up, I believe. Um, some good US shows waiting on announcement. Is it going to be sort of, how many do you intend on of, of these being in the UK? You know, six in the UK, how many in the States, how many in Mexico? Something like that, passing six or seven, six in the UK, a couple in Mexico, obviously starting on September 15th, um, and then sort of four or five in, in the US as well, uh, and Monaco as well on top of that. So a busy end of the year. Right, Pacheco has his opportunity to headline in Los Angeles. Uh, LA, a place not far from the Mexican border in Tijuana. Um, a real good opportunity for him. He's becoming a bit of a star in his own right. Excited for that? Yeah, 100%. Look, Diego Pacheco, someone we believe in. You know, we recently signed a long-term deal with him. Um, bless you. Sorry, recently, I uh, A long-term deal with Diego Pacheco because we believe in his ability. He's been with us since day one, since I think 17 years old. Um, and he's an unbelievable talent. And I think he's going to deliver so much in the sport. And we can't wait for the coming years. You know, he had a great win in Mexico, a great finish against an experienced fighter. And he steps up again. And I think you're going to see a packed out crowd at the YouTube theatre as well. So very excited for Diego Pacheco, for sure. I'm going to finally throw you a little curveball, um, put you under the bus a little bit. Gavin Gwynn, he was meant to fight September 30 if Joe went to Cardiff. Um, I know that Matram have the right on his next fight. He's been mandated uh, for the European title. Um, do you still plan on uh, on working with Gavin? We're working on a, another fight potentially for Gavin. Uh, we're, just, we're just discussing it at the minute. I actually got a call in 30 minutes with all of our boxing team running through all the fight cards to the end of the year. And that is one of the discussion points, Parsons. I'll send you the link. You can join in and you'll be straight on everything boxing in seconds. <laughs> that I will uh, Frank Smith thank you very much for your time as always I don't know when our next 5k run is I think it's in Orlando so Orlando that's that's going to be testing that is you know in the, I, the thing is it's here it's it here the... yes that's what I realised yesterday but I can't always do it up there mm, it's all here but look Parsons it's going to be fair playing field um, we'll both be in our little pink numbers and uh Good luck, Sam. Frank Smith, thank you very much for your time, mate. Guys, passons. See you later. Sports Social Podcast Network.